Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact missionaries and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava. With me today is Stephen Madoff. Well, hello there, Tony. It's good to be back with you. I am looking forward to our topic that we're going to discuss today because it's such an issue that missionaries are faced with. Mm. You know, there's the old statement that couple certain things, death and taxes. <laughs> well, if you're a missionary on deputation, you can add one more thing to that. That is certain. Mm-hmm. The missionary questionnaire <laughs> that you receive from some of a vast majority of churches, mm-hmm. whenever you're seeking to get into that church to maybe present your, your ministry. Right. Ah, the missionary questionnaire. Everybody loves them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just like death and taxes. Yep. It's right up there. So it is something that definitely impacts the missionary Mm -hmm. and the partnering churches. And so we thought it is a very real aspect of life on the mission field as well as for the churches. So let's kind of touch on some of those things of of are they Mm -hmm. necessary? Why would someone use them? Why do missionaries hate them so much? (laughs) (laughs) Why do they hate them? (laughs) Hate may be a strong word, but uncomfortable for sure. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I went through a a process on missionary questionnaires, um, having first been a missionary and raising support and didn't always appreciate every questionnaire I received. I, I think I understood that there was a reason behind them, but a lot of times I felt like the particular questions that were asked were maybe too personally intrusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe sometimes uh, I felt like People were asking about my allegiances to certain other people or ministries and things, and that was going to be a litmus test whether I could be a fit for their their ministry and could they support me. And um, I, I felt like sometimes it just put you in a box where you wouldn't have liberty. I remember being uh, raising support in a in a Western state. I'm just going to leave it that way. In a state in the West, I had five meetings back to back to back to back, you know, just one right after the other. Uh, At that time, I lived in Connecticut. I didn't know anything about that state. I didn't know anything about the churches I was going to. I just know that the Lord provided five meetings. It was wonderful. We were so excited. And as I was in those churches, three pastors came to me. They never asked me where I had been or where I was going, but they gave me this really ominous warning. (laughs) And they said, they said, hey, let me just tell you that in our in our state, we're a little bit fractured in our in our fellowships. Mm. And so if you want to raise support in this state, whatever you do, do not tell the pastor, the next pastor you go to where you have been or where you are going in this state, (laughs) because guaranteed you're not going to get support now. That's kind of that allegiance thing I was talking about on the on the on the questionnaires and and what ministries do you affiliate with and so on and so forth. And so I thought if I ever have opportunity or when I have opportunity to take missionaries on, we're not going to do missionary questionnaires because yeah. <laughs> because I don't really appreciate this too much. Yeah. Um, but I th- did think still there was probably a need. I just thought maybe there could be a better way. Uh, fast forward and the Lord moves us and we go to Arizona, we plant a church. I'm going to stay in pastor, at least is what I thought for the rest of my life. Surprise, surprise. 
I started off and said, we're not going to do missionary questionnaires. What happened was the we did our very best to filter people and to see if they were a fit for our ministry and to ask questions in person without doing the written questionnaire. And what I found was, even though we were doing the what I thought was the best we could, we ended up having to part ways with people later on because of ministry differences that just did not let us be partners in ministry any longer. Now, we didn't cast stones their way. They didn't cast stones our way. It just wasn't a good fit for us. And I realized if we had had a written questionnaire, we probably would have avoided some of those things. And I came to the conclusion that it would have been better to never have partnered with those missionaries than to have to get up in front of the church and say, we're going to have to dissolve this partnership. Because that leaves all kinds of questions oh, and, and wondering yes. in people's minds, and what did this missionary do? And we always tried to really protect the missionary and say, it wasn't anything you know personally, there's no moral problems or anything. It's just, they're not a fit for our ministry. And so we came up with a questionnaire that I felt like was the least intrusive possible but at least uh, allowed us to say, here's another step to make sure we're we're partnering with the right people. I can echo that very sentiment because, again, as when I was on deputation, getting those questionnaires, you would dread getting them, and especially mm-hmm. the ones that uh, were multiple pages long mm-hmm. and almost like all short answer <laughs> questions. <laughs> I felt like I was back at college, mm-hmm. and if you only had one or two, okay, that's fine. But when you when a lot of the churches you are seeking to get to would send questionnaires. Now you're filling out 10, 15, 20 onward. And then that becomes a drudgery. Mm-hmm. So I remember very much so having that mindset of, oh, I am not doing questionnaires <laughs> ever again. Once I was compl- done with it, it was like, I will not do that. How's that worked out? Well... <laughs> Just like you, now here, being in Chattanooga and being involved in my church's missions committee, mm-hmm. uh, I was helping them formulate missions policy, like we've talked about in our way early episodes, and one of the things that we came up with was a missionary questionnaire to give to the missionaries. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> I know. And, and at this moment, every missionary is groaning at, like, <laughs> we've become part of the problem. Yep. But I... I I can see very much looking at it from the lens as when I was now involved in the kind of the other side of the fence Mm -hmm. as a church member involved in a missions committee screening when uh, the candidates of people who want to come to the church that that questionnaire can be a great help Mm -hmm. and a great benefit. Um, There are some things I like to think that I have learned through the years because of those, I would say, very intrusive very pointed questionnaires Hmm. that weren't really trying to find out my doctrine or my philosophy of ministry, but just like you said, trying to find out who was I buddies with who and what what books do I read, and they were going to weed you out by that. Well, we tried to eliminate some of those questions in putting together our questionnaire for Mm -hmm. the church, but I do see the benefit of how it helps a church so that you can whittle down some of the folks because it's like you can instantly tell it's not a match sure. for the church. Yeah, I, I think that the questionnaires, in my in my opinion, the questionnaires that are the most helpful are those ones to make sure what you just said. We line up doctrinally that in a philosophy of ministry, we have the same 
overall philosophy of ministry. Not exactly, but we have some same ideas about how ministry should be conducted and things that maybe shouldn't be included in ministry. You know, when we when we form, formulated our questionnaire in Arizona, I wanted to make it the least intrusive possible and yet still make it effective. I didn't want to just have a questionnaire just to have a questionnaire. And so the idea that we came up with was we asked missionaries, we, we would supply them with our church's statement of faith, and then we would also, for those church uh, missionary church planters, because we did support single-lady missionaries and some other ministries, but those who are going to be church planters, they got an additional f- uh, paper that said, here are here is our constitution regarding uh, the qualifications of a pastor, which were really just... We took, you know, the qualifications from First uh, Timothy and from Titus, and we kind of just said, this is what we understand these scriptures to say. And if you can sign off and say you could meet these qualifications as a church-binding missionary and you're in agreement with our statement of faith, then that really is going to satisfy what we want. And we added a thing on there that basically just said, we do not, under any circumstances, expect you to go to the field and create or plant a a church that is a cookie-cutter church of this church in Arizona. But what we do want and what we do expect as your partners in ministry is that if we take a missions trip to the field and we visit your church, we would not feel uncomfortable in your church. Like there was ministry practices that would be mm-hmm. things that we wouldn't do and we'd say, why are we sending dollars to this? And so that's what it served for us. That was the question here. It definitely is a benefit to the church. There's no doubt to say, okay, let's look at this this guy's doctrine or his philosophy. And, and I think it is good for a church to kind of even ask some questions that go into one more layer deeper than what is often found just on a doctrinal statement. Because if we're honest, most people just are copying and pasting a doctrinal statement of, of the church that, or or mission agency or whatever, mm-hmm. and just putting it yeah. with their packet and sending it off yeah. and things. So it's like, okay, well, let's just ask one more question just to see. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's fine. But it's there are times when it's frustrating for the missionary when it's asking, uh, I think, very personal questions. Um, Sometimes too personal. Too personal. And look, I know that there is the, the legend of some of these questions <laughs> that are out there about the famed one. Yeah, the urban legends, but they're real. <laughs> yes, and and I can tell you that I was a victim of one of those urban legends of the what does your wife wear to bed question. Yikes. I had that on a questionnaire. Now, I know people are like, no, there's no way. I've seen it with my own eyes, and let me tell you, I did not answer the question, <laughs> nor was I interested in going to that church then. But also that same church asked the question related to me of what did I wear when I mowed my lawn? And and it's like, okay, and clothes? I mean, <laughs> and obviously I think they're trying to see, do you wear shorts? I, whatever it may be. And that's fine. They can do that. But to me then, that helped me as a missionary say, hey, mm-hmm. that's not a church that I want to be a part of because that's that's not where I'm at. And so mm-hmm. it's not only a help for the, the church, but in some ways, in a roundabout way, it could be help to the missionary to go, Hey, look, I, I've, I thought it was a church I may want to, you know, kind of get into and maybe hopefully partner mm-hmm. be partnered with. But, you know, I just don't think it's a good fit. And mm-hmm. a missionary should not try to force that round peg in a square hole. Right. If you know that this church is not a fit based on some of the questions asked in that mm-hmm. questionnaire or some of the things that are 
listed and emphasized in it. And you can kind of read between the lines to see churches are trying to, to find out a certain point. Well, if you as a missionary know that, hey, this is not a fit, well, don't then try to get into that church and then complain about the questionnaire after the fact. Right. And yeah. we don't have to go to every church, nor does mm-hmm. every church have to come, you know, allow us in. Sure. So it, it's a mutual yeah. benefit, I think, really for both. I think so. I think the problem is that we don't have a mutual understanding that each person has a prerogative. And it is the church's prerogative to create any questionnaire they like. Mm-hmm. They Look, at they're the ones who are putting forth the money and the investment, and they have the right to ask any question they want. But the missionary also has the prerogative, like you just said, to say, you know what, I'm not comfortable with that question. I don't I don't think that this is something that really is pertinent to our partnership. And, you know, that's one of the things we talk about on every single one of these podcasts, mm-hmm. partnerships in ministry. And if you're trying to form a, a partnership, not to use the, the verse that everybody uses as the cliche, but Amos 3.3 3 does say, can two walk together, <laughs> except they be agreed. And so I think that missionaries should exercise some discretion. In, in, in an ideal world, here here's what would happen. Uh, a missionary would say, you know what, pastor, I prefer not to answer that. We're going to move on. And the pastor would say, I respect that. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are such the Pollyanna, and they call me the Pollyanna. <laughs> and vice versa, right? You know, I mean, uh, uh, a missionary shouldn't say go around saying, they ask me all these crazy questions. Well, they get to. They get to ask the questions. <laughs> yeah. It's just whether you want to answer them or not. And if you don't, you're probably not going to get support, probably not worth taking that meeting, and move on. And I have had, I've had missionaries argue with me on the phone. Um, I, I remember having a missionary argue with me for, I mean— he, I wanted to end the phone call so many times, but I just didn't want to just hang up on the missionary. <laughs> and he and he kept arguing because we had this policy about who we would partner with and who we wouldn't partner with. And he kept telling me how wrong I was. And finally, I just said, hey, listen, why do you even want this meeting anymore? Yeah, <laughs> do you yeah, really right. think there's any chance that you're going to get support? Why? Why are we going through this? So I think that the missionary has to understand the church has the right to ask, mm-hmm. but you don't have to answer if you don't want to. You can have your set of standards of what you're going to do and not do. Recognize, though, you don't answer, you probably don't get support. Our, our questionnaire was really uh, as simple as I put it, but we did have a statement at the end that said, listen, if you if you don't want to answer this, that's fine. Um, or if you can't sign off on this, that's fine as well. We'll not cast stones in your direction, but understand there is absolutely 0% chance that you will get support if you don't answer or you can't sign off as mm-hmm. being in agreement. And I think missionaries should respect that. Yes. But I think churches should respect missionaries who say, I'm going to move on. And I think what missionaries fear, and I I'm actually just was speaking to a missionary about this very topic who called me and how it had been bothering him that um, he got one of these questionnaires that he felt was just over-the-top intrusive. He was not comfortable with it. And he said the pastor said, well, let's talk about it. That was uh, It was sent to him in, in uh, email form. And he said, when I called the pastor, I had to listen to him berate me for like 15, 20 minutes and tell me I had no honor and no integrity and uh, because I didn't want to answer this questionnaire. He said, I didn't say 
I'm not going to answer your questionnaire. Support me. He said, listen, I don't want to answer the questionnaire. I don't have to have the support either. I understand. Yeah. And I think that it's a two-way street, that, that we should just respect each other's decisions on that. Yeah. And I know that in the mind of the missionary, because this was my thinking, when I saw a questionnaire, let's say it was kind of more doctrinally related, not not in these weird things, but more doctrinally related. What do you believe about the Bible? What do you believe about the Lord's return? What do you believe about church planning? So on and so forth. And in my mind, it was like, did you not just read my doctrinal statement I sent w- with my packet? It's all right there. And and kind of the smart aleck answer that I would want to write back down is, well, look look in my doctrinal statement. <laughs> but I, I I have, think, maybe grown and matured slightly uh, through those years, think? I think. And I could see why. The, a church may ask those questions, even though we can, the missionary can say, well, look at my doctrinal statement, it's there, is because that church wants to have a written record yes. of you affirming mm-hmm. that doctrine. Yep. To, because, again, now I've learned a lot being on the side of being on a missions committee and things of that nature, that we want to have a record that we could pull out a file. Let's say if we have a question of mission, just pull out this file and some of that's going to be that questionnaire. Mm-hmm. I don't have to sort, uh, search through each doctrinal statement and mm-hmm. all the letters of A, B, C, D about all these things about the Bible yeah. inspiration or yeah. the, the working of the Holy Spirit. I can just go straight to what I want, look, know where the question is and go, okay, there it is. And he's affirmed it. He's answered it. Great. It matches up. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes the missionary is very tempted to just give a shortcut answer mm-hmm. or go, oh, I'm not going to bother with this. Well, it's not a bad question that the church is asking. Mm-hmm. They're just asking it because maybe it's helping them to simplify what they're yeah. seeking rather than having yeah. to search through lots of paperwork mm-hmm. that you've laid out there in your inf- information packet. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that um, our questionnaire uh, served a purpose for in Arizona was uh, just what you said, that it affirmed their certain doctrinal beliefs, but also we added on, because the missionary does send you that package and it has their doctrinal statement, it has all that information, but this, again, like you said, standardized it. But the other thing it did was part of what we asked them to sign was if you ever change in your doctrinal position. Now, just because somebody sends you their doctrinal position today doesn't mean 10 years from now that that's their, their same doctrinal position. But now we have a form on file that where we said, look, it, we're partnering with you. Part of that partnership is contingent upon you staying in these doctrinal parameters. Mm-hmm. And if you ever change, you have signed your name to this form that says, I will notify you of that change. Now, we let missionaries know that just because you made a change didn't automatically mean your support would be seized. It meant that we were going to review our partnership. And so it served a really good purpose that way as an ongoing document through the through the life of our partnership. The other thing from a pastor's perspective is this, and I think maybe missionaries don't always consider this. I didn't until I had to answer the question to a church when I said, look at we've got a part we've got to cease our partnership with this missionary. And I, I remember in one particular instance where a person came to me and they really liked that missionary and this is going to happen. They had really liked that missionary and they were kind of upset about that. And they said, well, how come you didn't do your due diligence and find this out before? It was kind of like, but we did, we did. And we did the very best we could 
what we thought was the best. But that was one of those things that got me thinking is could we do could we do it better? What a questionnaire have helped us in this area. Now that in that particular area I don't think a questionnaire would have helped us. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate fact was that the missionary was not truthful in his in his verbal responses to me. If he's not going to be truthful in the verbal response why would I believe he would be truthful in his written response as right. well? And it just came out later. Um, but at least if I have something on file and somebody says to me, how come you didn't do due diligence again? Yeah. Um, at least I, can, I have reassured people who, by the way, are, are making the investment, right? And and when he said that to me, he was not being he was not being aggressive he was not being confrontational i think there was a genuine concern why why didn't we find this out before we started sending our money this way yeah at least now i have a piece of paper that i can pull out of a file and say no we've done pretty much everything we know how to do to make sure that that we are protecting your funds that you've entrusted to this church to then channel to missionaries yeah. around the world. And people take that serious, and they should, and I'm, I'm glad when they do. Oh, absolutely. One of the most memorable occasions I ever had as far as a questionnaire given to a, by a church was when I called the, the church to try to, hey, I'd like to kind of come in and so on and so forth. They gave me a verbal interview rather than a physical questionnaire that you write Mm -hmm. out. And the pastor said he wanted to hear how confident my answers were. He wanted Mm -hmm. to hear even over the phone, uh, did I know what I was talking about? That I didn't know what the next question was, so I couldn't kind of read between the lines, like on a paper interview, what's the agenda, what's Mm -hmm. he trying to get at? And so... He told us, he told me straight up, I'm going to put you under the hot seat. And I, I remember the moment I could tell you where I was at in, when I took that phone call. I was in my wife's grandmother's house kitchen on the phone scheduling this meeting. Waiting for warm cookies and, to come out of the oven. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that phone call was probably 45 minutes. And I remember, I remember sweating. And the cookies were cold. <laughs> they were. <laughs> And, and when I finally got through, and he's like, okay, we're going to have you in. And he tossed out a, a time, a date for me to come. Well, I was already booked for that date. <laughs> and in my mind, I remember going, I worked so hard to get this <laughs> this date with this pastor that I am going to actually double book and then end up canceling the, the first original schedule. That's the only of two occasions I ever had to cancel someone because of a double booking. Because I would never, but it was like my mind was just like, all right, you went through the gauntlet of his <laughs> questions. And to this day, honestly, to this day, that pastor is one of my dearest friends. He's came, come out to Australia twice. Mm. Um, I, he's retired from the pastorate in the last year. Still talk with him. And I. it all goes back to that very first interview. So going to that church, I remember thinking, what in the world kind of church is this going to be like? This draconian, <laughs> you know, knights and guards at the door kind of church. And they've become one of my best supporting churches and one of really one of my best pastor friends uh, and things. But that was the, the verbal interview. And that's all, that is, a, there's a challenging aspect to that versus <laughs> the paper interview. <laughs> we've had the, we've had the verbal interviews and... <laughs> <laughs> this is just a funny story. 
on a verbal interview. We were in a church and and they were pretty formal. And and we had a verbal interview with our uh, with their missions committee. And they were and they had like notebooks in front of them and went through and and honestly, I had flashbacks of ordination and things. <laughs> and and they insisted and and our our two oldest children who who did deputation with us were pretty young at the time. And our son was probably maybe two years old and you could only say a, a couple few things and um and and they were insistent that the children had to sit through this interview with us and and i mean it was like 40 45 minutes long and i'm thinking oh my soul <laughs> our kids did super great i mean it was just miraculous they like were perfect kids all the way through the missions committee even commented on it and at the very, at the very end, uh, my son um, had learned a new phrase to say goodbye. <laughs> and as we're getting done, I'm thinking, "Wow, this really this seems like it went well." He looks at the whole missions committee and he goes, "Bye, bye, dudes." <laughs> I said, "His mom taught him that." <laughs> Actually, it was his. Actually, it was his uncle who taught him that, and and I thought, oh no, because they were so formal. Yeah. But actually, it just kind of was an icebreaker, and it it it, it worked out well. But it was really really nerve wracking. Yeah. To to go through that. There is there is there's no doubt uh, when you're on that end of it, it's it is hard. Even though you're confident of your answers and you know what you believe, but it is hard still just to be mm-hmm. put under that spotlight and microscope yeah. at that moment. You know. I think what's really good, and we've touched on it, though we've not said it directly, we've talked about how this is a real help. You mentioned with your church, with the questionnaire, like these are the kind of things that if you can't match up, great, you know, we're just not a fit. Um, and and I know our church, where, where I was part of the missions committee, we, we did something similar where you lay out also, I would say, with that questionnaire, what the expectations that the church has with that missionary. So like, okay, fill this out. And here, let us also let you know that we do require four letters a year. We do require Mm -hmm. you to visit with us if you're on furlough. We do ask that you keep us posted on on changes in your health and your family situation or things of that nature. So again... This way, a church, uh, the church can say, okay, we are telling you up, up front what we, we want to do as we partner with you. But then the missionary also has that understanding of, okay, mm-hmm. maybe this isn't the church for me because I don't want to meet those standards. Or, and whatever they may be, whatever the, the rules are that the church puts out. Or, hey, I'm totally fine with this. Mm-hmm. You, you want four letters and an, and, and, or whatever it may be. You need, you need two weeks with us when we come back yeah. on furlough or things of that nature. Hey, that's fine. We can deal with that. And rather than going through all of this and then to find out later on, oh man, this we're not going to be a match you know, right. because we can't give you two weeks on mm-hmm. furlough when we're back. But if a church lets them know up front, mm-hmm. that's also a very helpful tool. Yeah. Here's our questionnaire. Here's our list of expectations for the missionaries. Mm-hmm. So we did that with our missions committee policy that we formulated last year was what is it that we as a church are expecting of our missionaries? Mm-hmm. How many? How much correspondence do we need? What do we need to hear from? What do we expect them to do with us? So on and so forth. And we send that out as well so that the missionary has the knowledge to say, yep. okay, this is a church I'm comfortable with or not comfortable with in yeah. meeting those expectations mm-hmm. and we can live happily ever after yeah. 
separating or partnering together, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, I, I really do appreciate when churches give me that document as well. Here's what we expect from you. The church that we attend here in the area, in uh, the Chattanooga area, uh, our pastor um, served as a missionary in the foreign field. He has a real heart for missions, and he's actually taken that one step further, and I think it's great, and I think it's really helpful. He he has the questionnaire. It's it's not intrusive. It's not too personal. I, I think it's it's you can tell Having been in all those shoes, the missionary shoes, the pastor's shoes, I can look at it and say, this guy obviously has been involved in missions by his questionnaire. And then he does have the whole, here's what we expect from you, and you sign off on that. And then there's another section. Here's what you mm-hmm. can expect from us as yep. a church. These are the things that we, as we're forming this partnership, here's what we're asking you to do, yep. here's what you can expect us to do. And it, and it details out, you can expect that we're going to send your mission support every month, and and we send ours monthly as opposed to quarterly. I have other churches who have done that uh, now as well, who have uh, recently and, and said, hey, we're going to, and they tell you when they're going to send their support. Here's how you can expect your your prayer letter will be presented to the church and how often it will be. You can expect that we're going to pray for you. You can expect that every ministry leader is going to pray for you on a very regular basis. And he details it out in this whole Mm -hmm. document that every missionary gets. And it really forms a great foundation for building this partnership in ministry that can last a long, long time because we all kind of know what we're getting into when we start. Yeah. Again, and I can only go back to my reference point of what I did with this missions committee, because we did something like that. We said, okay, what is our expectation for us to give to that missionary of what we're going to do? And I remember, you know, I was the one kind of, I was the Thomas Jefferson of it all, writing it all out and putting it all together. And I remember, you know, of course, we're going to pray for you. We're going to read your letters. We want to help out. Um, with projects as often, you know, when we hear about them, we're going to try to prayerfully consider if we can help out, so on and so forth. And I remember thinking, man, there's, I feel like I need to put in a list of like 10 things or whatever. <laughs> but I, we, we never could come up with this mega list. We came up mm-hmm. with a couple things, there's no doubt, but we mm-hmm. didn't come up with this mega list. But the great thing is, is as basic as it was, it's still a good challenge for us as a missions committee and as a church. Mm-hmm. It's And it's, and and you know this, and I'm sure many of our listeners who those or churches and missionaries, not every church truly is invested into that missionary the way that we would hope. Some just here's the money, here's the monthly support, so on and so forth. Not every church has an involvement in their missionaries, awareness of what's going on in their missionaries, interest in what's going on in their missionaries. I mean, some churches just it's that we send our check out and that's it. And, and to me, when I was writing this, it was like, you know what? This isn't a bad thing, even though I don't have a mega list of stuff. But I want them to know that this is what we're going to do. And then we have that in a spot to keep the committee mm-hmm. responsible, to say mm-hmm. this is what we're expecting to do mm-hmm. for our missionaries, mm-hmm. just like we are expecting them to do certain things for us as a church. So yeah. I agree. I love it. Yeah. I love it. As you always say, I'm going to steal your line. There's so much more we could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> regarding this, yeah. um, but I and I know that again, probably missionaries that were hoping at first we trash the missionary questionnaire and go like <laughs> get rid of them, get knock those things out. 
but we can't. We see benefit yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. We see benefit, and and I know everyone gets them wants to put them straight into what file thirteen, mm, but whatever that is. Yeah, yeah the old <laughs> trash can. But yep. there's a great benefit, and I could see how it helps both the missionary and the church. Yeah, and I think I think if we could just come to that place where we have that mutual respect, the church has a prerogative to ask, the missionary has a prerogative to say, I don't feel comfortable answering. Let's just move on from here. There are plenty of churches and missionaries around to to form the partnerships that are going to last over a lifetime of ministry. And that's really, I think, what ends up being best for churches and for missionaries around the world is those lifelong partnerships in ministry. And there is a lot more we could talk about, but we are totally out of time on this. And uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully we didn't get anybody too angry with this. Probably missionaries are a little bit disappointed that we didn't trash this. But, but maybe they will, as we have, go through the process and realize, yeah, these, are, these aren't entirely bad things. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully this has been a help to those who are listening. We appreciate you spending this time with us each and every week. If this has been a help to you, would you share it with somebody else? We want to thank those who have taken the time to uh, give us a rating on the app that you're listening. That really helps us to get the word out about the podcast. If you haven't taken that moment to give us a rating on your whatever platform you're listening on, would you do that? That'll help us uh, with the podcast. We appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to spending some time with you next week. Until that time, have a great week in the Lord.